Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call CentOS. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, you'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how CentOS can help you get ready for the workday. Visit CentOS.com. Listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from DenverStiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from DenverStiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am recording from Charlotte. North Carolina, where I'm on the road with the team, or following the team, I should say, not with the team. We'll be here in Charlotte. I'll be heading to Atlanta tomorrow to follow the team in Atlanta. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully getting uh, some behind-the-scenes of the team on, the, on their first big road trip. I think the first road trip of the year is always an interesting one um, because a team, uh, you know, it's always a chance for a team to bond and, and, and face some adversity and all these things, and we're already seeing that with the Nuggets. But before we get into uh, the podcast, I want to tell you about a new sponsor, and you, and I really should say partner. You're not going to want to fast forward this because um, it's not really as much of an ad as as it is something new that we're doing here with the Locked On Network with one of our partners, and that's Draft.com. Draft.com, it's like a daily fantasy sports site that's different than the others because what you do with Draft.com is you every single day – you you can join a pool. We're gonna we're gonna create a locked on Nuggets pool for everybody can sign up and and draft together, and you draft just like a regular year long fantasy team. Only it's one day, so it's a snake draft. You know, you get a pool of about ten people. You do a snake draft, and uh, uh, you can buy in for a dollar, two dollars, twenty dollars, whatever. There's all different levels, and, uh, and and then you draft for that day. So no two two teams can have the same player. Today I drafted just to test it out because I knew I was going to be you know promoting this and I had Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons, Kevin Love, Joel Embiid, and what do you know I took third out of fourth because I suck at fantasy sports. But it's a really cool thing and like I said, less of a sponsorship and more of a partnership because we're going to start doing some cool stuff to interact with our fans. Do a, maybe we'll do a live show with a draft or an Instagram live or, or, or Facebook live or something like that. Um, and, and we'll continue to kind of interact with that because I think it's a really, really cool pl- platform. So check it out, draft.com. Maybe sign up if you like. Uh, you can use the promo code LO Nuggets, LO like locked on, LO Nuggets, and you'll get $3 free when you make your first deposit. So it's free money. You can check it out for free. Maybe gamble your first $3 just to get used to it. And then next week on Wednesday, we're doing Draft Wednesday on the Locked on Nuggets podcast. So I'll always bring it up on Wednesdays, and I'll tell you about my team. Maybe we'll put together a pool, as I mentioned, and uh, we'll kind of have some fun with it. So check it out. Get used to it. And then next week, we'll really start to launch it. This episode of the show is going to be about this loss to the the Charlotte Hornets. And not just loss. This was this was a bad loss. This was a horrible loss. Uh, you know, you look at the other games, they lost to Utah, there was a lot of encouraging things there, they led for most of the game, it was really a five or six minute stretch that buried them. You look at the Washington game, they fought hard, there was a lot of encouraging things. 
I don't think there's anything encouraging about this game, and it's unfortunate. In fact, I think there's a lot discouraging about it. Charlotte is not a good team. Uh, they, they're they missing a lot of players at the moment on top of that. I think you look at Denver and say they should either beat a team or at least hang with a team on the road of Charlotte's caliber, and if they're missing players the way that Charlotte was tonight, then you absolutely should dominate them. Instead, they got dominated. They got absolutely killed. This was not a close game. That second quarter was a disaster for the Denver Nuggets. Outscored 35-16 to 16 and just completely lost, you know, any control over this game in that quarter and just got humiliated. And then, you know, they played evenly in the second half, but evenly when you're down by that much is really a loss because, you know, they couldn't catch up. They, they made one run to kind of make it look kind of close, but it really was never close. So really discouraging loss. I think you start with the bench scoring. The Nuggets got absolutely murdered uh, on the uh, uh, with, uh, you know, with their bench players. Barton had an off night. He, everything was short for him tonight. He had a couple air balls. He, he missed a layup short. I don't know what happened with him to, to get him some so short, but he was really, really off tonight, and it hurt the Nuggets. Outscored 49-26 to 26 on the bench. First of all, 49 points for a bench is a ton of points. That is, a, that is just an insane amount of points to give up. Um, and guys like Malik Monk, who hadn't really gotten going in the NBA to date, really got going. Frank Kaminsky, um, even our, our old friend Johnny O'Brien was getting some buckets in there, so... Uh, discouraging, I think, to say the least, for the Nuggets bench unit and bench lineups. They just really got outplayed, and that should be a strength for the Nuggets. Their bench should uh, be something that they can lean on throughout the year. Was not the case in this one. I don't think they're going to win too many games when their bench gets massively out. Uh, when they get beaten mass- massively off of the bench, this was a very great example of that. Bigger story than the bench, in my opinion, was the second chance points, where the Nuggets just absolutely got demolished. Uh, you know, it's funny because the Nuggets actually out rebounded them on the offensive glass, seventeen to nine, but they were killed in the second chance points by a, a double digits. I don't have it in front of me, but it, they were absolutely killed with the second chance points. Um, a lot of this has to go on the shoulders of Nikola Jokic because. Dwight Howard, I thought, really bullied him, especially down the stretch of the game. You know, as the as the game wore on, uh, the two were getting really physical. Jokic is flopping and, and doing a lot of this flopping stuff, and I think it works against him. I think he thinks he's being coy and being clever, but really, referees just get annoyed and then start not giving him the benefit of the doubt. There was a play in the second quarter where Jokic uh, got got pushed for real by Dwight really, really hard, and they didn't call it because the the referees had called one earlier that wasn't a foul. They had gotten duped, and so it was almost a makeup call, but the makeup call was more valuable than the, the one that they gave him the other, you know, the one they, they called that he was a flop. So Jokic, I think, just somebody needs to sit him down and say, look, man, this isn't you. you you got to stop doing this. It's not you, you think you're clever, but you're not, and it's really becoming a problem because you're earning a reputation around the league and with the referees. So uh, he's got to toughen up, I think, in that regard. And, and Dwight was at, was able just to kind of eat on the glass, on the offensive glass with him. I think one of the things that's going on, so there's a couple things here. One of the things that's going on is the Nuggets' defensive, pick-and-roll defensive scheme is having the bigs be more aggressive and play up. Well, one of the things that happens is when the big rolls, even if the defense properly covers and contains the roll and takes away that pass on the roll, 
the big is still in position to grab offensive rebounding position because now, you know, if it's Jokic, he steps all the way up to the three-point line, he shows, he contains, and then he recovers. But he has to recover to a guy that is firmly planted now between him and the basket. And he either runs and gets his body between him and the basket, but then he's susceptible to post-ups. Or he, what mostly happens is he just ends up getting in bad offensive re, or defensive rebounding position. That's happening a lot here, and that's a big part of why I think the Nuggets are, are having a hard time. They also aren't weren't a fast break threat, uh, you know, over the last couple games, and I think that has a lot to do with it as well. You you can make teams a little bit more cautious to hit the offensive glass if you can really push the ball in transition. The Nuggets haven't been able to do that yet. So those things, I think, are contributing to it right now, And but it absolutely buried the Nuggets. They had no chance in this game because of how bad they got dominated on the glass. You know, lastly, I want to talk about the offense, and there was an interesting... I tweeted something interesting out today. If you go to cleaningtheglass.com, this is Ben Falk's site. He's a was a guy who's worked in the front office for the 76ers and the Trailblazers. Very smart guy and analytics guy, and he's built a site with some really, really cool stats. Uh, it's a behind a paywall, but this week is free as he's trying to get everybody to uh, subscribe. I'm subscribed. I think it's an awesome site. But he talks it, on there. It really shows the um, and it's really clean and easy to see the frequency uh, of where teams are taking their shots from. And if you look at last season, the Nuggets were the th- third most frequent uh, attempts. Uh, th- th- let's see, how can I phrase this? They took uh, shots at the rim the third most frequently of every team in the NBA. So they were at the rim just a a ton. They were getting shots at the rim a ton. They also took above-the-break threes the ninth most frequent. That was by far – so their shots were coming from above the break and at the rim. They were in the 20s, 23rd, 25th, 26th, 25th from the corners and from the mid-range zone. So they weren't taking a ton of corner threes and they weren't taking a ton of mid-range shots, but they had a ton of above-the-break threes and at the rim. And if you think about the Nuggets offense, that makes sense. They got so many of those backdoor cuts. The lane was open. They were getting all kinds of good actions, and and they were really milking shots at the rim. Well, let's look at it this year. They are 30th in frequency at the rim. So they go from 3rd to 30th. They are 3rd in mid-range shots. So they went from 26th to now 3rd. And then from the above the breaks threes, they went from 9th to 17th. They are almost inverse in every single way. It is almost like they have completely flipped where their shots are coming from. The crazy thing is, at the rim, their field goal efficiency is the highest in the NBA. Now, this is small sample sizes, and it should be noted that the Nuggets have played a couple of really good defenses, including Utah, uh, you know, Washington, and then tonight even Charlotte, very, very good rim protection, uh, rim protecting team. But nonetheless, it's such a stark contrast to where the Nuggets are getting their shots from that I think you have to be at least a little bit concerned with... Uh, and not just concerned, I think it's indicative of a stylistic change to the Nuggets and an effectiveness change to the Nuggets. I think over the last two games or so, the Nuggets have gotten a little bit more back to the style of offense, you know, Jokic running DHOs at the top, but the effectiveness hasn't been there. And let me just say off the top, I see a lot lot of people in my mentions are asking me this. Teams are, they're saying, oh, teams are guarding Jokic differently this year. They're taking away the passing lanes. I don't see it, and I can't be adamant about this enough. I do not see it. Now, 
you know, that's going to be a storyline until the Nuggets get back, get their offense back. But I do not think the problem is teams or the scouting report is out. First of all, do you guys really think that these teams, the coaching staff of these teams, have spent the offense or their off seasons game planning for the forty-win Denver Nuggets? Absolutely not. Teams did not go out of their way to scout the Denver Nuggets this summer and change their defensive philosophies. That's not how it works. The Nuggets were the number one offense for four months. Teams made adjustments in-game and throughout the course of the season to combat what the Nuggets were doing with this Jokic style of offense. This the, the teams have not conspired with each other to how do we stop Jokic. This is not what's happening. What is happening is that the spacing is completely gone that had they had last year. Two big things are contributing to that. One is Danilo Gallinari is out. He is replaced by Wilson Chandler. And that is, I think, a huge downgrade in terms of spacing. Gallo is an elite three-point shooter. Wilson Chandler is, is, is not. And he's also a lot more of a reluctant three-point shooter. You know, Gallo had that high release. Wilson, pretty tall guy and a pretty high release. But I think Gallo's gravity, much more significant than Wilson's. And then more importantly, Paul Millsap appears to not really know how he fits into this offense at the moment. I wrote about this today on denverstiffs.com if you want to check it out. My weekly Wednesday column is called Pick Axes and O's, and I try to do some film study on, on what I'm seeing in the game. Millsap does not appear, and I don't think the Nuggets spent a ton of time in training camp working on fitting Millsap into the offense. You know, Malone came into training camp saying, oh, I'm not worried about the offense. The offense will fix itself or will, will run itself. I'm This camp is all about defense, and at the time... That concerned me because I thought there's so many changes to this offense and, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong. I think you have to maintain and you have to constantly refine the one thing you're good at. The Nuggets had cultivated an identity last season, and that identity was their offense and, and this this Jokic-led, quarter, you know, Jokic-quarterbacked offensive style. It needs cultivating, and when you bring in a, a new player like, like – uh, Paul Millsap, when you add a new starter like Jamal Murray and Wilson Chandler, you have to make sure that you cultivate that offense so you don't lose the one thing you were good at. You can work on your defense, you can add new wrinkles to your offense and all these things, but you have to cultivate the one thing you were good at. This team looks to me like a team that spent very little time working on the offense that they that they could hang their hat on last year. Very, very little time. In fact, I would say Paul Millsap looks like he doesn't even understand all the plays all the time. And not just Paul Millsap, by the way. There's a lot of guys looking around. And um, I've, I've noticed that even when I went back on film, that there was a lot of Jokic kind of telling guys, no, you're supposed to do this. This is the play we're running. You're supposed to curl here and then you go here. And it just looks like a team that thought they were just going to sleepwalk to another great offensive year no matter what they did. And that's just not the case. I think they have all of the talent to get back to the offense that they had last year. But it's going to take a commitment on that end that they just haven't displayed so far. And in particular, Millsap's going to have to learn kind of a new role from something he's ever something different from what he's ever played. There's still going to be a lot of elements and opportunities for him to be the same guy that he has been for his career. I don't think this is saying that... I, I wanted to make it clear in my article today that I don't think Millsap has to turn into Kenneth Fareed. That's not the answer. He's going to have to play like Kenneth Fareed for stretches and for parts, and there's a lot of um, things he can learn from Kenneth Fareed. But he's his own player with his own strengths and um, and quite frankly, there's a lot he can add to the, the style of play that the Nuggets had last year. But what I see right now is uh, complete confusion on that end, complete dysfunction on the offensive end. And when 
you know, if you're trying to improve your defense, you want to make sure that you're good at the thing you're good at first, and then you kind of chip away at the thing you're not good at. What it looks like the Nuggets have done is tried to focus on their defense. Their defense had made marginal improvements, and now it looks like it is just completely out of sorts. So uh, to close, to wrap this up, you know, I'm very discouraged by this loss. I, people ask me, are you panicked yet? I'm not panicked. You don't panic four games into a season because teams go through their ups and downs. But I am concerned, and I think you know, very concerned that the Nuggets are are not necessarily headed in the right direction, and they have just so much work to do. So, certainly a, dis- uh, a concerning loss. But uh, the good thing about early road trips is there's always that opportunity to kind of hit adversity, figure out who you are, and then strengthen yourself through adversity. I asked Malone about this pre-game about if there was unique challenges and unique opportunities in the first road trip. And that's exactly what he said, is this is an opportunity to kind of discover who you are and and to hit adversity and overcome it. Well, the Nuggets are hitting adversity, I think, much more than they wanted to. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to either overcome it or they're going to completely fold and there's going to be some major changes made. We'll probably find out here in the next couple of games exactly what kind of team and what kind of resolve they have. I'm hoping that they have the kind of resolve to become better by it. Sometimes this early adversity can be good because, uh, like I said, you improve and and you're, you're better for it throughout the entire course of the season. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Again, check out Draft.com. Really cool site. Get familiar with it because we're going to be doing some cool things with it um, throughout the year. So you're going to want to check that out. Use the promo code LONUGGETS and you're going to get $3 for free so you don't have to spend any of your own money. And, and that's that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back in Atlanta tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. 
Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17